I'm excited. This has been very good. Thank you guys for following along in the book of Proverbs, and I hope that you've been having uh, just a good time in, in, in those devotionals. Again, if you don't have one of these guys, you can pick one up uh, back at the welcome desk before you leave today. Here, I'll hold it the right side up. And uh, ready or not, because we all need wisdom to grow. We all need, we all have those ready or not moments in our life. We all have the pop quizzes uh, in our life, and, and we've got to be ready for them. You know, it's, it's difficult to be ready for them, but life is always going to throw us these curveballs, and, and we've got to be ready. And the only way to be ready is to be trusting in Jesus, to be trusting in Jesus, to allow him to build us up, to allow him to grow him, and that's to, to grow us. And that's why we've been looking in this, this book of Proverbs to search for wisdom, to find wisdom. And I hope that you've been finding these little nuggets of wisdom that have been helping you uh, throughout your day. Because in James chapter 1, verse 5, it says that if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So if we're lacking wisdom, which all of us, we could use some more wisdom, the Bible says that if we ask God for it, he will give it to us. But there's a little disclaimer at the end that I haven't read to you in verse 6. So let me, let me read you verse 6 here as well. It says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. So if we want wisdom, not only do we need to ask for it, but then we need to believe that God will give it to us. Uh, we need to have faith. We can't sit here and doubt and be like, well, God, I, I believe you so far. We, we need to trust in God that he is going to give us wisdom, and I believe he will. Because again, we're, we're going through one of those ready or not moments here as a church. And I believe God's calling us all up. He, he's calling us to raise the leadership level uh, of our church. And that's going to be great because as God grows us spiritually, he's going to be able to grow us numerically. I believe that. As God grows us spiritually, as we grow together, he's going to grow us numerically. And uh, I don't say that as in like, yeah, we need to have a thousand people here on a Sunday morning. Uh, it's not about the numbers, but the more people we can reach, the more we can fulfill the mission that God has given us. And that's what it's all about. Uh, it's not necessarily about filling this building or anything like that, but it's reaching as many people for Jesus as we possibly can. And, and that's what we want to do. So we need to grow spiritually so that we can grow numerically, so we can, we can tell more people about Jesus. And, and not just tell them, but so we can disciple them and bring them along. Uh, so they're not just be like, hey, here's Jesus. Good luck. You know, we, we take them in and, and we say, here's Jesus. Let me show you how, to, how I'm living like Jesus. Let's do a Bible study together. Let's, let's grow together. And so that's why we're, we're doing this series. We're learning to grow together. We're learning to grow as a church. We're learning to grow in wisdom. And it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. Last week, we looked at how everything we do flows from the heart. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Everything we do, everything we speak, every place we go, everything we fix our gaze on, everything we look at is from the heart. So we need to make sure our heart's right. We talked about integrity. We've got to have integrity. But today, I want to talk about another leadership lesson that flows from the heart, and it can be used in... In any area of leadership, whether you're leading a Bible study or whether you're cleaning up after an event, it doesn't matter what level of leadership you're in, 
We need to learn this lesson. It's going to help us to, to grow. And so last week we talked about the heart, and this week we're going to talk about the mouth of a leader and the words that you speak are so powerful because the words you speak give have influence over the person sitting next to you this morning. We'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. And uh, before we, we jump into God's word and, and we talk about the mouth of a leader, I, I think it's time. We'll, we'll do our commercial break a little earlier today, all right? Uh, and so if I can have uh, Bobby and Laura, why don't you come on down? We're going to interview a couple of our leaders today. This has been, been so much fun. So why don't you come on out, pull this out of the way so you guys don't get blocked over there. But these are a couple leaders in the church who have just stepped up and made lately. And uh, we want to talk to you guys about what, what's going on and how God has been, been using you in the different areas and, and, and things like that. So uh, we've got Bobby here and Laura, if you've never met them, some great people. Uh, but let me start out for a question for both of you, Bobby. You can, you can answer first. But how long have you been at AFA? What, how did you find yourself at, at AFA, tell us, tell us a little bit about just how you got here and, and how long you've been here. Sure. So my name's Bobby. I started coming to AFA about five years ago. Um, originally, I was working at OM Tiffany, and they did a school outreach where um, a, a group came to the school and brought us lunch. And during that time, I connected with a few people. Um, and later on, someone invited me to Bible study. And after I went to Bible study, I was like, Y'all, I, I didn't have a clue. I had no idea of what was going on, and I had, like, a ton of questions. So we went and got coffee, and I accepted Jesus. And since then, I've been coming. That's awesome. So what I understood there is food is very powerful. <laughs> and uh, as we sit down over <laughs> meals and things like that, we get to share Jesus. And, and that's, so, that's, that's amazing. I, I love that testimony of just how a simple meal was an, an invite to bring you in, to get you connected with people, and to hear about Jesus. Yeah. I love it. Laura, how about you? So I had to get my calculator out this week because <laughs> I've been coming about 26 or 27 years now to AFA. And um, so I grew up, I really didn't go to church. Uh, when we did go to church, it was Lutheran church. It was more Easter, Christmas, that kind of thing. Uh, came from a broken home, divorced family, uh, you know, just addictions in the household, and, and with addictions comes dysfunction, so I really was unchurched, and then uh, fast forward, and I started talking with my now husband, Sean, in high school, junior high, high school, and we started dating, and so here I was, this uh, barrel racing, rodeo going, farm girl, a little rough around the edges, and my husband starts bringing me to church. And uh, I, I always say I exchanged Sunday jackpots and, and horse shows so I can sit beside him in the pew <laughs> on Sunday morning. So that was my little story. He started bringing me to church when we were dating. So it was a good trade. And now it's been 26 years, and, and that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's been a while. You've been sitting in these pews for, for, for quite some time. You know, and it's funny because so I, when I did go to church, it was Lutheran. So when I went to church, we would, you know, you sit really tall, and you don't smile, and you don't talk, and you just, you're just there, and you just behave. And so I come to church with Sean, and it took me probably six months to a year to even sing worship songs in the pew because, you know, we got this person over here um, raising their hands 
right? You got this person that over here. That must have been a culture shock. It for was. You. They were clapping and you know dancing <laughs> a little bit, and you know then there was this person over here started speaking in a language I just didn't even know what was going on. So um, it was a culture shock, but I liked it. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, now that you guys have both been here for a little while, uh, what areas of ministry have you found yourself? serving in. I, I know both of you have kind of stepped up in, in recent months and, and, and weeks, but tell us, what areas are you involved here at AFA? Sure. So I've been helping lead the Young Ladies Bible Study, um, as well as helping coordinate schedules and teams for volunteers for the tech and kid ministry, um, and prepping different materials and bins for the kids' ministries. So you've been busy. Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. busy. Been busy. How about you, Laura? <laughs> um, well, I started out many years ago, like when my kids were little, I started uh, teaching Wednesday night ministries for young girls, like third, fourth, and fifth grade. Um, there was a need, and somebody asked me if I would fill that, and I prayed about it. And uh, I really didn't, I, I was pretty new to this stepping out, leading kind of thing. So, you know, you, you pray about it and you just wish that God would just really speak really loud and clear, you know, go teach Sunday school. And it never was like that for me. I don't know if maybe it's like that for you, but it never was like that for me. And, and But he started tendering my heart towards the girls. And I would see one walking, you know, around church and I would just be like, oh, it just slay me. So God, in that way, said, okay, it's time to step up. So I started with that, doing that for a few years, and, and I just kind of worked my way up. I, would, I love working behind the scenes. I love helping people. I love, like, Katie and Shanna, they stepped up into women's ministry, and I love coming behind them and beside them, and it's like, how can I help you fulfill that goal? And I really like the behind-the-scenes stuff, but it, God has different things in mind. And I think as you grow, he will start pushing you and start tugging you to just to stretch you outside your comfort zone. And, and it's been experience. It's been a wild ride. It's been great. It's been a, it's been a lot of learning. Yeah. So you started so, out so teaching girls. So I started girls. out there. Yeah. I started teaching. I'm sorry. And I get off track. Oh, that's okay. Rain me in. But um, uh, so then, yeah, I started worship team. I don't know how many years ago I started many. Well, I don't know. I, I've been on worship been on team a couple for years. a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, leading a, bi a women's Bible study at, on Tuesday nights. So. And then just recently you, you stepped up to lead worship. Yep. There again, there was a need. And um, one thing that God has taught me over the years, and I, I, I say about eight, nine years ago, I really went through a hard time. I think both me and my husband did. There was, God sifted us. There needed to be some sifting. But in that process, he really taught me obedience. He taught me that if he, if he says to lay something down, you just lay it down. If he says to pick it up, pick something up and go do it, you just do it. And so through that process, that eight, nine year process, he just taught me obedience. So then when there was a need, and my friend needed me to step up. It's like, yep, I'm there. I gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that, that kind of goes into the next question. Laura, we'll, we'll stick with you for a minute here. But, you know, how did you get from point A to point B? Obviously, you've, you've come a long ways in the, the time that you, you started here. Just, all right, I got to sit up straight. You know, I've got to keep both feet on the ground and just make sure that I don't get out of line. Mm -hmm. uh, but how did you get from the, the pew to the position of leadership that you're in now? And, and a lot of it sounds like, 
you just saw a need and, and God put something on your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, did someone ask you? Did you just volunteer? How, how did you get into those different roles that you, you served in? Yep. In some instances, people asked me. In, un- in others, it was just, there's a need. You know, pray about it and just do what God tells you to do. Um, so, yeah. What was the other part of the question? <laughs> I think I think you I think you answered so, yeah, it, and, and you kind of answered it before too. It's just when you saw that need, you, yeah. you stepped out and you met it. Right. You, you weren't out there seeking. You know, I really want to be a worship leader and stand up in no. front of a bunch of people no, and, and sing and all. talk. Yeah. I, I believe you were more of a. You wanted to be behind this mm-hmm. wall. I will hide behind rather the curtain than every you know time. up here. Absolutely, but I think what's important is I had such good people around me, and I knew that. If I didn't know how to do something, there was going to be somebody around me that did, and they would help me through it, and they would encourage me. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people would just say, hey, you, you got this, and, and they would give suggestions. So I would say it's good to be humble, and if something, if you step out and do something, and it doesn't go according to plan, learn from it and move on. Don't get hung up, because we never, I don't think we're ever ready to do certain things, but um, just to always be willing to learn and to have really good people beside you. I've had, Joni's encouraged me through the years so, so much, along with so many of you. Just their encouragement alone just keeps you going. Yeah, absolutely. Takes a team. It does. Takes a team. Bobby, how about you? How did, how did you, you started coming five years ago? Um, you know, church was probably new to you at that time. You're figuring things out. How, how did you get into these ministry positions that you're in now? Like, like you said before, you're you're coordinating all of our volunteers. Um, you're you're helping out with kids ministry behind the scenes and leading a Bible study. How how did you get to that point? That is something that I never pictured myself doing, and I don't think a lot of other people ever pictured me doing. Like, we're very honest when. Even a few years ago when I came, I was very, very broken. And so I didn't speak to people. I didn't look people in the eye. I had no interest of interacting. And so there has been very much a process to get things going and a lot of things that God has taught me and worked in my heart. So there's, there's been a lot of little things. Like when I first started, I was very, very much behind the scenes of like, I'll help with a project or I'll run media. And even that was a huge, huge step, like huge step. Like the first time, the first few times we did it, I was just up there crying, like honestly. So to even get past that, I just want to encourage someone like stepping out can be scary, but it's more like as I've stepped out and as I've said yes, like God has changed me in ways that I couldn't have imagined and to open different doors with that. Um, yeah, that word yes is a powerful, yes. it's a powerful word. Yes. The other part of that, though, is there are other women older than me who way back then said, you're a leader. And they encouraged me, and they would tell me over and over, you're a leader, and they would pray for me. And I would just honestly kind of laugh at them and be like, no, I'm really not. Um, we're going to keep doing what I'm doing. But over the summer, there were some opportunities where some things fell through and someone 
they were looking for someone to help in a leadership position. And I had been told so many times that I was a leader that part of me wasn't really sure, but I started to believe it. And I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll try. We'll try. And so since then, I, I, I did try, and it went well. And I was like, that's encouraging. That's, that's kind of fun. Um, the position I'm in now and the things I'm helping with now, I kind of accidentally stepped into leadership. It was very much ready or not. I, I don't think it was accidental. I don't think it was accidental. But when I said yes, I didn't realize I was saying yes to leadership. Like, there, there was a point where things got really crazy. And I, re, like, I was told the situation, and I'm like, okay. So here's, I know a few things. I know when we put God first, things work out. I know when things get crazy, you stick to the plan. And I knew there were a few things that I had learned that I could help with. And so I'm like, here's what I'm willing to do, and here's how I'm helping. I didn't realize at the time that that would put me into a leadership position, but it was just what I was able to do. Then. Again, you, you saw a need. I remember one day, mm -hmm. I think you just texted me or you walked in and you said, you know, you've got a lot on your plate. Can I, can I help you make sure we've got volunteers in the right spot? Would, would that yeah. I'm like, yes. Absolutely, you can, you can take this, and, and uh, you've done an incredible job with it, and, and so it has been great seeing you guys both step up in leadership. Bobby, I remember one of the first times that, I don't know if it was the first time I met you, but the first time your name really stuck uh, in my mind, you gave me more fear than I've ever had on a platform before. I don't know if I've told you this, <laughs> no. uh, but it was Baptism Sunday, and we were doing... Uh baptisms and and you know I usually did the youth and and we do that but then I had to announce the next person and your name was next and if you don't know Bobby's last name it's got lots and lots of letters in it and they don't necessarily pronounce them all and so I was just like I don't know how to say her name so I just went with it Ryan Leitner yeah and, and uh, but it all turned out well so just to yeah. see that you know God's brought you along in this process and it's been a process you know it, it hasn't been uh, perfect. It hasn't been a process, you know, that just steadily goes, you know, there's ups and downs to ministry. Uh, we sit here before you today, not because we're perfect. I think we can all agree with it. We've, we, we've got lots of flaws and lots of errors, but nobody's perfect. You know, we, we learn and, and we, we grow. And so the cool thing is that you may just be sitting in a pew today. You may have never volunteered. You may have never served, but that doesn't disqualify you. There, there's always a place to start. And it doesn't take years and years to get there, but it's, it's allowing God to, to work in your heart. I'll just find, did you guys have any verses or anything that's just encouraged you in your leadership journey? Yeah, I wrote one down. So I wrote down Isaiah 41.10, where it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's good. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. He's with you. That's so good. So would you show your appreciation for some of the, for these leaders this morning? Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Laura, uh, for just sharing a little bit, being vulnerable, and, and allowing us to hear some of your story. That's so good. That's so good. Well, we'll continue to interview some, some leaders up here, and, and uh, you know, one day I believe that God's going to call a lot of you just into to leadership, and it doesn't have to be huge things. It doesn't have to be leading a Bible study. It might be doing something behind the scenes, and, and, uh, but, but God can use you in leadership. 
And today we're going to be talking about, uh, again, we're going to be talking about the mouth of a leader and the words of a leader. Because it's interesting, you know, both Lara and Bobby shared things that were spoken to them that really helped them become leaders. Uh, Lara shared about how, you know, people just believed in her and, and said, hey, I can do it. It took a team, you know, it wasn't like a, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do this. It was, a, it was a team that encouraged her and, and brought her up. With Bobby, it was just somebody saying, hey, I see leadership potential in you. I believe in you. You can do it. And, and as she heard those words, she was built up and, and ready to go. And, and God used her to do uh, things that she didn't think that she could do herself. So we're talking about the mouth of a leader and, and how we can encourage those around us. And I want to give you uh, three points today. So you can open up to the book of Proverbs. We are going to be bouncing all over the book of Proverbs. There's so many verses in Proverbs that talk about our words, that talk about our mouth, our tongue, and, and how a leader should lead verbally. And I couldn't pick them all today because we'd fill up the screen and we'd have like 30 or 100 verses up there. Uh, so I'm going to give you around, I don't know, eight, nine verses this morning uh, that, that will help us with our words. And the first one is in Proverbs 18. But let me give you the first point uh, as you're turning there. In Proverbs 18, the first thing that leaders do, leaders speak life, not death. Leaders speak life, not death. And in Proverbs 18, 21, it says this, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. Your words are powerful. Your words have influence. You may think they don't affect the people around you, uh, but they do. Your words can change others' attitudes. For example, when you came in here this morning, you could have sat by one of two people. All right? Just, just imagine if you sat down next to somebody who's just grumpy. All right? Don't poke your neighbor now. All right? Now's not the time. But imagine you sat, sat next to somebody grumpy, and you came in, and the first thing they said is just like, man, it is a terrible day. It's just cold. It's just nasty. This, this day is, it's just terrible. I, I hate this weather. I should have just stayed home. And, and then maybe you talk to them a little bit further and they're just, are they going to change the temperature in this room? It's just cold in here. Can't we just bump the thermostat up a little bit? Nobody's ever said that before. And, you know, then we, we get into worship and that person's just like, man, we're singing this song again. I don't like this song. And they're just grumpy. And then when they're in worship, they just stand there and their lack of words speak volumes, you know, because they just stand there with their arms crossed and they don't say anything. And it's just quiet. Those, those words affect the people or those lack of words affect the people next to them. And then greeting time comes and they just sit there. They don't say hello. They, they don't talk to anybody, right? And then you get into the message a little further, and they say, can you believe what that person's wearing? Man, that's just, you know, and they start talking about the person next to them. And, and then, you know, I come up here, and they're like, oh, man, that guy again? We got a Liz, he better be out by noon this time. You know, you just hear all these comments over and over, and those words can affect you. You might have come in here with a good attitude, but now it's just like, yeah, yeah, this is kind of a, a bad day today, you know? And, and it just changes the atmosphere of the room. It changes who you are. Now, that's, that's person one. Now, you might have sat next to person two, and you came in here, and, and they just said, hey, it's good to see you this morning. I'm, I'm so glad that you chose to sit next to me, and they give you a big hug. They give you a handshake. You get into worship, and they are just praising Jesus, 
uh, we sang that song, this is the day uh, you've made and I will give you praise. Whatever comes my way, I'll rejoice in you, right? And they're just praising Jesus. And you know when you sit next to somebody and they're singing, it makes you want to sing too? Even if it's bad, it doesn't matter, you know? Just, you're just singing, you're praising Jesus, and there's something about when the person next to you is praising Jesus that you want to praise Jesus too, all right? And they're using their words to honor God. And, and maybe they leaned over to you during, during the message so far, and they're like, hey, look at, this, look, at, look, at, look at this in Proverbs that I highlighted this week. Check out this verse. It just really spoke to me. I think it might speak to you too. And, and these, these words that we have, they can change the attitude of the people around us. Again, this verse says that our tongue has the power of life and death. It can change your attitude. Your words can also shape and form the identity of others around you. Not only change their attitudes, we can shape and form the identity of others around you. Probably every person in this room, you could go back to a time in your childhood or your teenage years, and you can bring up specific words that were spoken to you that either spoke life or death into you. And you could go back to that point of, man, I remember when my family member said this. They said I was worthless. They said I didn't matter. And that shaped who you are today. You can also go back and maybe you have a, a coach or a teacher and, and they just said, you know what? I believe in you. I see potential in you. you you've got great things ahead of you. And that just encouraged you and that just stuck with you. They may, they may have told that to the 30 other students before you, but for you, that was special. They, you, you knew and that just stuck with you. They may not have even realized the words that they said, positive or negative, but it shaped your identity shaped your identity. Words are powerful. They have the power of life and death. Just like we were talking with our leaders here, those words of, I believe in you. Those are powerful words. When's the last time you told somebody, I believe in you? I, I believe that you've got great things. I believe that you can do this. I believe you got this. Listen to some more of these Proverbs. In Proverbs 12, uh, verse 18, these really just bring out the power of our words. It says, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The rash words, the harsh words are like sword thrusts. That's a picture, isn't it? Just jabs that, that can destroy uh, the person you're talking to. Have you ever been in an argument before and you're going back and forth and then all of a sudden it clicks in your mind, you found the perfect words that you could say to just win the argument. They're not pretty. They may not even have anything to do with the argument. But you can attack their character. You can attack their person. And you know when you throw these words, it is just going to be like a jab in the side. It is going to be this victory that you're going to have. Right? Our, our words are powerful. And then you, you throw those words, you, you, you jab them, and you have this victory and you win the conversation. But do you really win? Do you really win when you... Get down and, and you say things that you shouldn't do. As leaders, we're called to build people up, not tear people down. We're called to build people up, not tear people down. You'll earn more respect as a leader if you take the time to build someone up rather than just to win the conversation. Right? You can win the conversation, but you lose the war. You, you lose that person. Now they have got no respect for you. They, they view you differently. Uh, so we need to use our words to bring healing rather than to just bring victory for ourselves. Our words need to be used to bless other people, not tear other people down. Use your words to heal. 
Use your words to heal. Another similar proverb in the same vein is in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. It says that a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I heard an illustration not too long ago, and I thought this was powerful. We all walk around with two buckets, a bucket of water and a bucket of gasoline. And wisdom comes in knowing when to use the water and when to use the gasoline, right? You walk into a room and you just, the temperature of the room is hot. You ever walked into a room and it's just like, what did I walk into here? You ever been there before? Maybe it's between, you know, two people and it's just like, whoa, temperatures are flaring here. Or maybe you walk into the room and realize that person is mad at me. And like, what did I do? Can I just close the door and, you know, see you later? Uh, but you walk in and, and temperatures are flaring. Now, you got a choice. You can use the bucket of water and try to cool the situation down. Or you can choose the fun one. And you can throw gasoline on the fire and watch what explodes, right? And sometimes we're really tempted to take out that bucket of gasoline. We're tempted to use those words and fire back. I mean, that's just our human nature is we want to fire back. We, we, want, to, we want to throw the gasoline on the fire and just watch the world burn and, and say, look, look what happened. Let's, let's duke it out. But it says a soft answer turns away wrath. See, wisdom comes as a leader in knowing that when, when tempers are rising, when, when things are flaring up, when somebody's, it may be mad at you. That's, that's a hard one for me. When somebody's mad at me, man, I, I want to win that conversation. I, I want to show them who's in charge. I want to show them I'm right and you're wrong. But as leaders, we, we, can't, we can't throw that gas on that fire. We need to put the fire out. We need to choose to, to cool the situation down and come in with a gentle answer. A soft answer. We need to choose the words like, I'm sorry. You're right. And we need to bring grace into those conversations. We need to bring grace into those conversations. Other times you walk into a room and you see somebody's down. I mean, somebody's just, they're hurting. They're, they're broken. They look tired. They look like they've had a rough day. Listen to these Proverbs, because this is, this is the opposite. This is the, the gasoline that we use it in a good way. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Proverbs 16, 24 says, Gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. And in 1530, it says, Good news refreshes the bones. See, your words can... Make someone glad who's feeling down. Somebody who's down and out and, and just has had a horrible day or they're going through a lot of pain, your words can bring healing. Your words can bring that sweetness. Your, your words can make them glad. It can be refreshing to others. So when you're seeing somebody who's down and hurting, that's the time when, when you open up that, that can of gasoline and you refill their tank. And you, you give them energy. You give them life through the power of your word. So we've got to decide which bucket do we use and when do we use it? When do we use our words to inspire? And when do we use our words just to calm down a, a situation that things are getting too hot? Wisdom comes from knowing to use the right bucket at the right moment. See, this passage says that good words, gracious words, and good news is what provides refreshing and healing. Those are the words we need to focus on. Those are the words. So 
here's some words. We've talked about some of them, but the first one, I believe in you. Those are good words. Those are the words of a leader. I believe in you. I, I see potential in you. You can do it. Here, here's another one. I trust you. I trust you. If you want to believe in somebody, then believe in them. Tell them you trust them. And don't just micromanage that person that you're leading. Let them do it. Let, a, let them have at it. If they fail, they'll learn. They'll learn. But trust people. Say, I trust you. Here, here's three dangerous words. I love you. I love you. Those are hard to say. Uh, those, are, those don't come easily. They, they have weight to them. But tell your family, I love you. Those are powerful. If you, if you shy away from those words, change that. I always kind of found it weird sometimes of, you know, just random people I didn't know, just friends, and they'd be like, hey, I love you. Whoa, like, I, don't, I don't know you like that. That's, that's kind of weird. But at the same time, like, yeah, we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to, to care for each other. Uh, the Bible says that all men will know you're my disciples by your love that you have for each other. So don't be afraid of using those words, I love you, because that could make somebody's day. They may feel very unloved. So don't be afraid to tell people that you love them. Some more powerful words are, I noticed. I noticed. Notice people. Notice the good things that they're doing. We're really good at noticing bad things. Aren't we? Like, we're really good at picking apart, like, can you believe what that person did? Can, can you see that? Why don't we start noticing good things? Why don't we start bringing the best out of people and bringing to light the things that they do well and, and just tell them, hey, I, I noticed. I noticed you being nice to that person over there. Great job. You're, you're, you're doing awesome. I, I noticed. Did you, even, even just complimenting, I noticed. Did you change your hair? I mean, that's, that's nice. People like to be noticed, showing that you care. Another one, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Those are powerful words. And they're really not that hard to, to say. Can I pray? The worst they're going to say is no. That's the worst they're going to say. Can I pray for you? Powerful words, but again, they're gracious words. They're, they're pointing towards Jesus. They're pointing towards, you know, I, I may not be able to help you, but I know somebody who can. Can I pray for you? Or saying those words, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Letting down our pride. Or I forgive you and not holding that over somebody. Those are powerful words that we can say. And again, gracious word, the good news, the best news, the best words we can speak to anybody is telling them about Jesus. Those are powerful words. Uh, so share Jesus and everything you're doing. Share Jesus. Tell them the good news because it brings life. It refreshes the bones. It makes people glad. So leaders speak life, not death. Leaders speak life, not death. Second thing that leaders do, leaders listen before they speak. Leaders listen before they speak. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth, right? We're supposed to listen first before we speak. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19 says this, When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. When words are many, transgressions are not lacking. Have you ever started talking and not sure where you were going to go? <laughs> you know, just you started talking, it's like... I just got to fill in the void because silence is awkward here. So I'm just going to keep talking. I, I might have ran out of things to say, but I'm just going to keep speaking and keep speaking. We've gotten into trouble with that before. Uh, I'm sure you have. For me, it's usually leaving 
uh, voicemails on people's messages. You know, it's like, okay, I started talking, but that's not a good closing. So you just like keep going and keep going in this, oh, can I delete that? Nope, I can't. Uh, you know, we just try to fill in the gap. But sometimes silence is okay. Silence is okay. If you don't have something to say, right? Your parents ever tell you that when you're growing up? If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. You've heard that. Or as parents, you maybe have said that now. Uh, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. Sometimes silence is okay. You look smarter if you just keep your mouth shut, right? And, and that's what it's saying here. Proverbs, Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his own opinion. If you've ever been on social media before, you'll understand that this proverb makes sense. Everybody's obsessed in sharing their own opinion. It says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his own opinion. See, silence is a good thing, because that means we're taking the time to listen to another person. We're taking the time to hear somebody else's story. And before we express our own opinion and tell someone they're wrong, first thing we need to do is, is listen, hear, what they're com- hear where they're coming from, put ourselves in, in their shoes. And, and that's going to help us formulate a better opinion when we listen. Because this is going to save you a lot of trouble. I believe a lot of bad decisions that we make, we make bad decisions because we don't have enough information. If we had more information, we could make better decisions. I mean, it's pretty simple. The more info you got, the better decisions you can make. But the problem is, We don't make good decisions because we're just so focused on our opinion and what we think that we block out everybody else's. We block out the other information that we could learn and that we could could process to help us make better decisions. But if we're never listening, how are we going to get that information that we need? The Bible calls us foolish if we just are constantly telling others our opinion and never listening. And never listening. Also with listening, it just shows people that we care. Listening shows that you care. You, you care about their story. You care about what's going on. And, and we, we love people here, right? We, we love people. And if we want to love people, then we need to listen to people and not just tell them how to get better. We need to listen. We need to listen. You matter. Your voice matters. That's the message you're sending when you listen. One more proverb in this category, Proverbs 17, 28, says, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Again, I just, that one just strikes me funny. That, one, that one's good. If you just keep your mouth closed, people will think you're smart. All right? So if you, if you feel like people view, view you badly, just close your mouth and, uh, and just listen a little bit. And, and so, that, again, even a foolish person can seem wise if they keep their mouth closed. And so as leaders, we need to learn to listen. We, we need to learn to listen first, and speak second. Leaders listen before they speak. Third thing, leaders speak the truth. Leaders speak the truth. And, and we could go all throughout Proverbs and we can, we can find different ways that it talks about speaking the truth, but chapter 12, verse 19, it says, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Leaders speak the truth. See, lying's tempting because it just it gives us immediate results. It gives us immediate results. We can, we can get what we want. When, it, when we want it, it, it boosts others' opinion of yourself, so it kind of builds up your pride a little bit. It even can help others. You know, if you told them the truth, they'd feel bad, but 
if you just lie to them, then they'll feel better about themselves. And really, if we're helping somebody else, isn't that a good thing? If we're making somebody else feel good? See, as a leader, you're going to be tempted to lie. You're going to be tempted to lie. And the higher up in leadership you go, the, the more tempted you will be to lie. Satan likes to do that. So think about this. Uh, you know, you're leading a Bible study and somebody asks you, hey, how big of a group did you have at your Bible study? Well, the human side of us is going to be like, all right, let's pump those numbers up. I want to sound like I've got a good Bible study going. You know, oh yeah, we had like 20. Six or seven of them were like under the age of five. But, you know, we had like 20 people there. You know, we count the stuffed animals too. Throw them all in there. We had a great group. Because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Or somebody asks you, hey, how are you doing? How's your family? Oh, great. Great. Everything's fine. You know, everything's going really good. And we have that. We want to lie because we feel like as leaders, well, we've got to be perfect. We've got to have it all together. We don't want to let anybody know that, that things aren't perfect or that I go through real things in life. But we need to be honest. We, we need to have integrity there. And we can't lie. Or somebody asks you, hey, how are you doing spiritually? What, do you, what have you been reading in your Bible lately? It's like, oh, yeah. Um, you know, you've been having a tough week and you haven't been getting in God's word. And, and so, oh, yeah, I've been reading, you know, uh, yeah, John 3.16. Let me, let me share that with you. You know, you try to act all spiritual and it's just like, no, actually, I've been having a rough week. And now there's some accountability there, and you realize, hey, I'm not going to do that again. When you tell the truth, it's going to help you grow, but when you lie, it's going to help you fail in the end. Or somebody asks you, you know, you're leading kid service or something, hey, did you prep for the lesson today? Yeah, yeah, I studied all night on that thing. When really you haven't read it, you just look through it, and now you're going to go up there and wing it. You know, but a leader is going to be tempted to lie. And that's an easy route to go. It's an easy route to go, but lying words, they're here for a moment. But truthful lips, they last for eternity. They last for eternity. So when you're truthful in answering the tough questions, that's when you can grow. That's when you can change. That's when you can say, you know what? I didn't do it this week, but I'm going to learn that lesson and I'm, I'm going to change from now on. But if there's no accountability, if you just lie, What's going to stop you from doing it again? Because one lie always leads to another lie. It leads to a bigger lie. And you get into this big snowball effect. And it just keeps going and going. There's always another lie that you're going to have to cover up for it. So we need to be truthful as leaders. Here's another like scary reason not to lie. One, it's, it's one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not lie. God made it pretty plain. That's a bad thing. But then in Proverbs chapter 6, and this is scary, Proverbs 6 says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are abomination to him. And the number two on that list is a lying tongue. I don't know about you, but I don't want to do anything that God hates. I don't want to do anything that's an abomination to God. Now, it doesn't say he's going to hate you if you lie. He still loves you. But he hates a lying tongue. He, he hates it when people take the truth and they curve it. They, they, they try to make it, and they change it. That's a lie. That's a lie. I don't want to do anything that God hates. There's a lot more on that list. You can, you can check it out. But all different parts of our body that we can use that, that God just says, hey, don't do that. That's not what I created you for. I didn't create you to lie. I didn't create that tongue to lie. I created it to praise God. I, I created it to speak truth. 
So don't use it for something I didn't intend it for. Don't use it for something I didn't intend it for. So again, those three points. Leaders speak life, not death. Leaders listen before they speak. And leaders, they speak the truth. They speak the truth. Look at Jesus. Jesus was the ultimate example for, for all of these. He was a master at how he used his words. I mean, he used them to speak life into people. He went up to those fishermen. Uh, he, he went up to the tax collector and he said, hey, follow me. Follow me. In other words, I believe in you. I believe there's something more for you. I believe that you're called to a greater purpose. And he inspired him. He, he told us all that he is the way, the truth, and the life. I am the life. I am the life. And he spoke so many inspiring words. He spoke life, not death. When people would come and ask him questions, often people would come and ask Jesus questions, usually to trap him, to try to, try to the Pharisees liked to trap him. Some people were trying to get what they wanted. And often Jesus would, when he would receive a question, he would respond with another question because he always wanted to get to the heart of the matter. He, he always wanted to say, all right, you're looking for just, my opinion, you're just looking for the answer, but I want to hear your heart. And he, he would listen to, to their heart and oftentimes would expose what was going on. So Jesus would always answer a question with a question. And Jesus, obviously, he spoke the truth and he spoke it with grace. To many people, he would say, you know, hey, your sins are forgiven, but go and sin no more. Like, you need to deal with that problem. You, you need to understand. A lot of times, we just like to work things with grace and just be like, oh, I love you. I care for you, and I love you so much that I'm just not going to tell you that you're doing it wrong. Well, no, that's not. We need to speak the truth. We need to have grace, but we need to speak the truth. And Jesus was a master at doing both, uh, of saying, hey, I love you. I care for you. I, I'm going to forgive you, but you need to change. You, you've got some things that aren't going right, and you need to change. So Jesus was a master at doing that. And so as we, as we look to Jesus, I mean, that's where we're going to find our answers. That's how we're going to change our language. Jesus can help you change your language uh, as a leader. You may be that, that grumpy person uh, who's just always negative, and, and, uh, but God can help you change into positive. He can give you his vision, his eyes of how he sees things. I want to leave you with a story uh, today. Uh, when I was, uh, I worked for a guy once and. I was mowing his lawn and doing some odd jobs around the house for him. But one day he said, hey, can you throw batting practice to my kids? I was like, absolutely. I'll throw batting practice to your kids and get paid for it. That sounds like a great day. I'd do it for free. Uh, so I, I'm going out there, and he's got a couple young guys. And, and, and so I'm just pitching to them, and they're doing pretty good. You know, they're hitting the ball. And, and, uh, but then all of a sudden, everything changed when dad came out of the house and started watching them. And this kid who's been hitting well all, all morning. It's been going really good. And then his dad starts watching him. And all of a sudden, he swings and misses at like every, for the first few pitches because he, he's nervous. And then the dad just lays into him. I mean, he uses some choice words on his son and just belittles him. He curses him out. And now he can't hit anything. So I'm throwing him pitches. I'm throwing him pitches. And he's missing every single time. And the insults are just getting worse and worse. And then I decided, all right, let's perform a little experiment because I know, I know he can hit it. He's been doing it all morning. And so I just say, hey, you got this. You know, you're going to hit this one so hard, uh, I'm going to get out of the way. So I just tried to say something encouraging. So I threw it and he hits it. Like, where'd that come from? 
And then the next time I didn't say anything and he misses. So the next time, I just started, every time I would say something encouraging. I'm like, you got this. Throw it. He hits it. I'm like, oh, just like last time. And so I'd keep throwing them. Every time, it was, it was amazing how this worked. But every time I said something encouraging, he hit it. And every time the dad something, said something negative, he missed it. Because our words are powerful. Our words can either bring life to people or they can bring death to people. And we need to choose as Christians, not just, not, not just as leaders, but we need to choose as followers of Christ to bring people up and not tear them down. We need to bring life. We, we need to choose to listen before we just speak and throw out our opinions. We need to care about other people. We, we need to choose to speak the truth even when it's difficult, even when it's hard. So I want to give you a challenge. Here's, here's a couple challenges for you this week, all right? Uh, first challenge is this. We've got seven days between now and next Sunday. I want you every day to intentionally encourage someone. Pick somebody every day to intentionally encourage them. Maybe it's just a compliment. Maybe it's saying, I believe in you. Maybe that's uh, a kid that you've got, and you just take the time to encourage them and, and notice something good that they've done. Usually as parents, we can sit there and just be negative and be like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you pick up your room? Why didn't you do your homework? Why didn't you? And that's really easy to get into, but take time to intentionally encourage someone. Maybe it's a coworker next to you and, uh, and you just tell them, hey, you're doing a really good job. And they might be shocked like, oh, somebody noticed. But take time to intentionally encourage someone, someone different each day this week. And then the second thing is this, take time just once this week to listen to someone's story. Listen to someone's story. Just ask them. Hey, tell me more about yourself. Tell, tell me, how did you get to this? Tell me, why do you believe what you believe? It might blow someone away. So just take time once this week to listen to someone's story. Those are my two challenges for you. And I believe that, hey, as we, as we grow in our walk with Jesus together, we're going to grow as a church. We're going to grow as a church. When you start growing in your walk personally and we, we grow together as a body, we're going to grow together as a church. It's going to be a beautiful thing. So would you stand with me? I want to pray for you. Again, I leave you with those challenges, and I believe that God is going to bring grace to your words. He's going to inspire you, and God is going to do incredible things as we change the words that we speak. Jesus, thank you for this church. God, thank you for these pews are filled with leaders, whether they realize it or not. You're calling them up to leadership. You're calling them to something greater. And so, God, I, I pray that we would, we would step into that role. And as we do that, God, that we would check our hearts. We would guard our hearts. We would surrender them to you. And, God, not only would we surrender our hearts, but we'd surrender our words to you. God, may we use them to speak life into people. God, as we go out of these doors, may we use them to speak life in, into our families. May we use them to speak life in, into our jobs. May we use them to speak life into our city. That people would notice there's something different. There's something different about that person. It's because the Holy Spirit's living inside of them. The Holy Spirit is giving them the words to speak. God, may we be positive, but may we be truthful. God, may we be gracious with our words. May we choose to listen rather than just spew our opinions. So God, we trust in you this morning. We love you, Lord. Uh, grow us. Make us more like you. Help us to encourage and build others up with the words that we speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Be blessed this week.